Welcome to One Topic, a discussion with a college business faculty instructor, staff member, or student about what's on their mind at the moment. We pick one topic and have a great conversation. Today, we chat with our guest, Chris Kuborn, about being on repeat. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. It's great to be here. Now, before we get into the topic, can you first tell the listeners what it is you do here for the college business at NWTC? Certainly, I'm in the Digital Media Technology Program. We do audio, video, and motion graphics, but I am on the audio side, so I do all of the audio for video-ish classes. Uh, We also have a couple of certificates, so I teach or lead the audio recording things, and I do the um, music production classes, which we have a certificate for that as well. And then I'm also in charge of our 24-7 online radio station, which is also part. Some of our classes create content for it, but it's kind of a side thing outside of teaching. So quite a few things. Yeah, just a few (laughs) things. All right. So our topic is being on repeat, and we're trying to figure out what that means and what that means to you. So how do we start that conversation? Well, since it's been on my mind lately, um, as we have a new crop of first semester students, and I generally teach them first because the audio is the first thing we teach them, and I have multiple sections of the same thing. So at times I'm teaching four, maybe five sections of a of similar material, maybe not the same class, but similar material. And so as you get to third section, fourth section, fifth section, it's you're, I'm finding myself saying things shorter because I'm like, I've been through this so many times, but that can be good or bad. And it's also making it so that then the content, although it's being delivered shorter, I'm probably missing some of the more explanations of things. And I'm uh, maybe shortchanging them, assuming that they know X, Y, and Z because I'm like, oh, I've been through this so many times. So let's dissect that a little bit. If you are basically providing the content shorter as you get through the fourth or fifth time, what's the good of that? Well, I think the good is that I kind of weed out the things that didn't work so well. So maybe I'll have a term and I'll talk about that term and I'll give some examples and I'll see lots of weird faces like they don't understand what I'm talking about. And so then the next time I'll be like, okay, don't use that example. And maybe I'll even be like, you know, what? I saw a lot of bored faces. So example was not even needed, like they understood, or at least I assumed that they understood what I was talking about. So when I got to the next, the third or fourth time, I'm like, no need to do that. Let's just, here's the term, here's the definition on to the next term, because I'm assuming they've got it. But of course, we know that each class of students could be completely different. And the class that looked bored, the next one could look like, I have no idea what he's talking about. And I may not necessarily be reading them correctly either. Absolutely. So what's the flip side? What is the bad? Uh, Well, I think the bad could be that maybe I am not at those times considering all the different learning styles and assuming, yes, the information has been passed on to them. So now you need to know it. A lot of students, at least in my classes, don't know about yours, just kind of sit there and watch you. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. there's not note-taking going on here. So how are you remembering this stuff? 
And so then I kind of use that as well. I'm like, okay, well, if uh, class one, two, three, you weren't taking notes, class four and five aren't going to take notes. And well, it's your responsibility to take notes. So here's your definition and I'm moving on, which is obviously not a most effective way to do it, but kind of hard to keep yourself uh, in that same mind frame from class one to class five and not assume those things and to teach that same amount of content every time. It's kind of hard to do that. Yeah, it's always an interesting uh, concept to me because I, whenever I started here, I would think about instructors that they may be teaching a math class or a science class or something, and they're teaching the same thing over and over again. And for me, I would think, oh, wow, they only have to build the curriculum for that one class, and then they can just teach it over and over again. But then I started thinking, oh, they have to keep teaching that over and over again. So there is a piece of me that, you know, for my workload, I'm really glad that I have basically every single class that I have is a different course. Hmm. So it's one of those things that I kind of enjoy about that. But so what do you what do you feel that you put into place to kind of make sure once you get to those later classes that you're teaching the same thing over and over again? Um, you know, what are you watching? What are you listening for? Or what are you providing? Well, I know that there's a core amount of things that they need to know. And I'm, I tend in my, my PowerPoints, my lectures, I tend not to put all the information on the screen. So if in the first class, I'm explaining things longer, the, the same information is going to the students from that PowerPoint, they have access to it. And so it, it's kind of a combination of both the PowerPoint and what they write in their notes is how they're going to learn that information. So on one hand, they're all getting the same information. It's not a problem. But like I said, if I streamline that definition of something, the stuff they write, if they actually are taking notes, <laughs> is going to be different for those later classes. It'll probably be less information than some of those first classes. But I, I, I guess my hope is that they're weeding through all these examples and things that I'm saying in the first couple classes and that they're writing down hopefully what I end up saying to the later classes. So what do you put in place for yourself? I mean, what is, I mean, the students are not the only ones that are growing here and changing and, you know, basically getting better at this stuff. We as instructors are doing the same thing. We learn new techniques or tactics or things like that. With this being on your mind right now, what are your thoughts on that? So I have to create a weekly plan for every class that I do. Otherwise, for me, I'm not, I'm older. <laughs> I forget things. <laughs> I really need that list of things that I need to do for that class. And when it's multiple sections, that really helps. So I just go through that list and I create it once and I say for all these sections, I'm going to follow that list. Um, that keeps that stuff on track. Um, but that planning needs to be done. And... Within that, if something worked or didn't work, then I could alter those plans for later sections. But generally, that's how I keep on track. But because we're technology and things change, and it does for you too, mm -hmm. the methods you use, the places you go, the things where they distribute content, that all changes. Um, that's why I need that list as well, because I need to see what I did the semester and the year before, and how has that changed? Um, we'll take an example of distribution of audio like say music content, huge announcements that just came through in the last 
quarter or six months is that largest music retailer, Apple, will at some point stop selling music. That's pretty huge. So from a distribution standpoint and what I talk about as far as file formats and where to put stuff, that's going to change immensely. So if I just built my course, like a math or a science class, and said, hey, for the next five years, I'm going to teach the same thing, the students would be looking at me like, buy music? What's that? Nobody buys music. We all stream it. So, Yeah, it's funny because I just had some guest speakers in social media marketing and we were talking about things like MySpace and other <laughs> social media platforms that are long gone and how it's changed. But yeah, we really do have to kind of stay on top of it because sometimes not even just yearly, but monthly, weekly, daily, things are changing for us. And I don't have to use the places that you use. So I'm behind on those times. Like I'll check Facebook. I'm on Instagram, but I should be there more than Facebook, but I just, at this point, I'm like, I'm busy. I really don't care. Right. And Twitter's like a second thought where, it, you know, <laughs> in your world, you're like, no, these are things you have to be doing. Uh, for me, whenever I think about being on repeat, uh, whenever you mention this, I even think about my classes that I'm teaching the same semester to semester. I may not have multiple within the same semester, mm-hmm. but... I change so much and I know that I'm not giving the same thing to every class because I'm really taking on the personalities and the attitudes and the needs of that class. Sure. And yes, there's that core stuff that I need to provide them, but how much of it is, you know, taking on what that cohort, what that class structure is. Uh, If I can turn it back around on you, how do you, you must have to adapt online classes because I know you have online classes, which mm-hmm. we don't. Uh, you must have – adapting a lecture is way less work than adapting an online course. And you must have to look at your plans and adapt them every semester. Well, and I don't even really do a lot of lecturing because a lot of it is me helping guide them through their research, through activities to be able to learn what they need to learn, but also apply it to whatever project that they might be working on. So knowing that I am able to easily change that from semester to semester based on that, because then I can be like, well, this activity, um, that platform doesn't even work anymore. So let's uh, pick which platform needs to be changed. So yeah. yeah, and I have to do that with projects. So uh, although we're media project-based, I have to look at that project and say, is it effective to do X? No, X is kind of old now, so let's do something a little different. As long as I know that the new thing is going to meet those competencies that I want them to do. And I have to kind of judge, are they losing interest in the assignment as we get semester to semester to semester? That's a real indication that that thing has to be changed. So. Sometimes repeat is don't repeat. Sometimes repeat is must exactly repeat. Now we're talking about this from our standpoint, but from a student point of view, you know, they've got to take a little bit of ownership on this too, because if we continue to repeat, repeat, and we change what we're talking about, or we don't provide as much information because we're like, oh man, I'm saying this over and over again. How do we get our students to be more engaged with Um, what we're talking about so that they get what they need to get. I think that's harder and harder and harder. And I think that's the teacher's dilemma. 
I'm, I'm also taking photography technical diploma. So when I take those courses, I see what the instructors have and what other resources they've provided. And I have to go there and I have to do my homework to get that done. But I know that because I provide those resources in my class and I expect people to do that. But people don't do that. And no matter how much resources I put out there for them, I'll get the same questions of, I don't know how you do this. How could I know more about that? And I'm like, it's right there. I put it for you there. Did you go look? Where's that? So I don't, that's a huge struggle. That could be a whole topic all on itself because (laughs) I don't have great ideas for how to do that. I just keep telling people, these are things you need to know. And if you want to be successful, you must do this kind of stuff. And some of them are not going to be that successful because they're not going to do that stuff. And even on top of that, there's a part of it uh, making sure that we're approachable, right? And that oh. they know that they can come to us and have any question that they have. I, it's funny because somebody pointed out to me, I don't go to these sites, but somebody pointed out there's the, the teacher rate your professor or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I've heard and, of those sites. Yeah. And somebody said, oh, I looked you up. And your students generally say, awesome, but he's really tough. And I'm like, that's what I want to be. I yeah. want to be approachable. Uh, that they can ask me anything they want, but for us, deadlines are super important, and I want to be tough because in my area, if you don't meet those deadlines and know how to do your stuff, then you're not going to succeed. So why are you in that area anyway? So uh, that's kind of how I approach that. So repeat is a good thing for the students because they need to practice, 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 right? They do, and I tell them a lot. We don't have a lot of books that they have to read through, so I say, the thing we just did today, by next week, if you still struggle with it, your homework is to practice that thing. And whether they do it or not, you know, that's up to them. At some point, students have come back, and I've seen students in jobs, and they're like, you know, hey, that really worked because, yeah, that's how I got better. Other ones, you know, you see them not working in the field. We won't say more than that. <laughs> but, and they, you can see that kind of look of disappointment, and hopefully they're realizing, yeah, I didn't do that stuff, so that's why I'm doing the other job and not working where I really had hoped to be working. There's not much I can do about that. Absolutely. How do we end this conversation? I think just this as being therapy was pretty good, so <laughs> it makes me feel better that tomorrow I have my fifth section of what I'm going to be teaching for the week, and... Maybe while I'm doing that, I need to uh, be self-analyzing and catching myself and saying, do a little more, do a little more, do a little more. So we always want to make sure that we're repeating the good. Exactly. And knowing how to be, we're always striving for that most effective way to get the knowledge to the students to make them successful. That is our goal. And we're always looking for feedback too. We always want our students to provide feedback to us too, because that helps them and it helps us to provide what we need to, to them and to others that will follow. Yeah. And usually on final tests, those are questions I put. Mm -hmm. What was the most successful project? What did you like the least? How could I improve the course? Yeah. And I even have reflective blog posts for students in most of my classes. So it's really looking into what was good, what was bad, uh, where were the struggles, where were the successes. Yep. It's all that feedback's always good. And like I say, in a regular job, maybe not so much. You're doing stuff and you might not get any feedback or your feedback might be, I'm getting paid this week. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) All right. I think we end the conversation there. Uh, Chris, I really appreciate you coming to the podcast and uh, sharing about this topic on repeating. It was 
Great to be here, Ronnie, and um, it's a very successful podcast. And I oh, think everyone should you. listen because it's awesome. <laughs> thank you. To our listeners, we appreciate your time as well. If you have any questions, please consider reaching us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn using at NWTC Business or searching College of Business at NWTC.